Hey guys, it's Ed and I'm coming to you live from the Drunk Gossip Studios here in New York City. And we are back to a regular program, no political stuff. Well, maybe political stuff, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I'm going to get in trouble for not having this episode planned. Um, <laughs> and I know he does it because he wants the show to go off well and whatever, but... I just, I really, I rarely, rarely plan um, what I'm going to talk about. I will say, um, later on, last segment, we are going to be talking about Wendy Williams and her husband. Holy shit! That, that whole story just exploded. Um, so we're going to get to that, I promise. But first, we're going to talk about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. And it would not be an episode without me coughing. <clears throat> so, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard um, got divorced. Amber Heard had made all these accusations of abuse and whatnot. And a lot of people were like, oh, she's just saying that because she wants a divorce settlement. And then she turned around and said, you know what? Fuck you for thinking I'm. I'm making these. I'm speaking my truth, just to get a bigger divorce settlement. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm going to donate. My. My um, divorce settlement to. Charity. And instead of writing her a check, Jenny Depp actually just sent off, the divorce settlement to. Um, whatever charity it is she chose, I forget. Um, but, then, for whatever reason, um, a tabloid reprinted some of the accusations against Johnny Depp, um, citing abuse and whatnot, and Johnny Depp lost his damn mind. And, Ended up suing the tabloid um, for libel. And here's the thing. In, in England, libel laws are actually much stricter than they are here. Meaning, um, the tabloid has to actually show what they printed was the truth. And that they weren't setting out to harm somebody by printing it. So as this as this lawsuit has winded its way, Johnny Depp has started bringing in some big guns. Um, he has recruited, um, or he's trying to depose Elon Musk, uh, and there are a couple other big names. Elon Musk is the biggest of the names, though, because Amber dated him. Right after the divorce. And Johnny wants to prove that Amber cheated on him. Well now, word is coming out that maybe it's not so much that he wants to know about the cheating. But he wants to know more about... Um, but he, he doesn't want to know about the cheating so much as he wants Elon Musk to pay him... 
in order not to be deposed. And this is not sitting well with Amber Heard and her team because they're like, excuse me, um, this is ridiculous. Like, why? Um, you know, why are we doing this? Like, there's no, there's no reason for it. So her team is strategizing and have come up with this plan where they're going to fight fire with fire. And then they bring in people like Winona Ryder, who um, had a very um, public breakup with Johnny Depp, in which she says that um, he hit her and it was just very violent. Um, and if, if they go that route, that will be the end of Johnny Depp's career. Uh, there's really no coming back from from that, especially with Winona Ryder being in the middle of one of the best comebacks um, we've seen in quite some time. Uh, you know, and that's... I mean, I love Winona Ryder. I think she's she's fantastic. Um, and over at Crazy Days and Nights, Nancy Lawyer is saying that Warner Brothers is ready to to ditch Johnny Depp altogether. Um, basically, and we we kind of know this already. We know that um, they're very concerned about the Harry Potter franchise. Um, Fantastic Beast doesn't bring in as much money as. Um, the the movie series based on the books, but it's still bringing in um quite a, quite a few dollars, and the merchandising is worth its weight in gold. So what are they going to do? Um, right now, what it's looking like is they're going to recast the role despite any objections that may come forward from um, J.K. Rowling. Sorry, I don't know why I blanked on her name for a second. <laughs> um, yeah, so that, that's, where we're, that's where we are with those two. I'm going to keep following this story because it is juicy. And I'm going to go and I will be right back. And back. So last time we talked about Jennifer Lawrence, she was out having a boozy night with Adele. And, you know, they went to pieces here in New York City and had a grand old time. Um, and now we're, we're going to talk about her again. But this time it's more because of her professional life. So, um, we all know she took an acting break. Um, the reasons are various and honestly kind of unknown. But for the most part, it seemed more like she just wanted a break. 
she just needed some time off. And that's fair. I mean, she's 28 years old and she made like, uh, she made a shit ton of movies. At one point, like I think maybe last year or the year before, um, she had three or four movies come out in the same year. That's a lot of Jennifer Lawrence. Um, so anyway, so she announced she was going to take a break. And she's largely, she hasn't filmed anything or, you know, she she has a couple things in production. Well, now we learn that she is indeed going to be um, going before a camera and filming. Um, her new role is being kept under wraps, but the movie is going to have, um, it's going to be directed by Lila something or another. <laughs> Uh, Lila Neubauer, and it's written by Elizabeth Sanders. Um, and Jennifer is starring and producing, along with her best friend and, and, um, production partner. Um, like I said, there's no word on the script yet, but there is one movie where the production company and producers are getting a little irritated with J-Law. That movie is Bad Blood, the Elizabeth Holmes story. So why are they getting irritated with J-Law? Mostly because she was supposed to star and produce um, Bad Blood. And it's language and production hell um, for the better part of six months now, if not longer. And, you know, some of these some of these movies, of course, will always have a longer production time for various reasons. Um, You know, like a lot of the Marvel movies have a longer production time. Because of special effects and um, the sheer amount of actors that are involved and whatnot. But they're also not time sensitive. And I think that's what what's important here. When you're writing or when you're making any kind of art where um, real life is a factor, there's kind of a race against the clock. And a story like Elizabeth Holmes, um, if you don't know, she had sworn that they could get um, they, she had sworn that they could get um, blood, blood test results back faster than uh, XYZ. But it turned out that they could not get things back faster. That in fact, it was all an elaborate lie. But by that point, she was a billionaire and didn't really give a fuck. So I I don't remember if she's awaiting trial or if she's awaiting sentencing. Anyways, in in either case, she's going to jail. And... Um, there was a book which was optioned in 
was going to be used to turn into this movie. Well, over the over the past weekend, Kate McKinnon um, was announced as star of a Elizabeth Holmes story on Hulu. It's going to be a six part mini or limited series. Sorry, it's not. A, no longer a miniseries, it's a limited series called The Dropout. And this has producers pissed because um, they're starting to worry that, oh, you know, Hulu's going to have this up for free. Even though it's not really free, you have to pay for Hulu, so they need to take a little chill pill there. Um, but their point is actually a good one in that you know am I going to spend five ninety nine for a month of Hulu or $20 for two hours at the movie theater to watch this story um, so producers are really getting irritated and some are even calling her lazy because she hasn't moved on this script, which I think is a little harsh, but that that is what it is. I mean, I uh, you know I really feel bad for for Jennifer Lawrence in that case because you're being called lazy because you didn't move fast enough. But these producers could have um, urged her, so they're they're talking behind her back, basically. And I'm not talking about your back, behind your back when I say I'm going to go and be right back. And I'm back. So, we've been talking about Lori Loughlin and the college admissions scandal. And, you know, the, the fun thing about that is, you know these rich motherfuckers did not think that they were going to get caught. Because they never get caught. And when they do, then suddenly they're like, oh my god, I didn't know this was illegal. So, alright. On April 15th, Lori Loughlin entered a not guilty plea. Now this is not a big surprise, um... In fact, it was more or less anticipated that this was what she was going to do. Mostly because she refused to take the plea deal. So the prosecutor was like, you're not going to take the plea deal? We're going to add more charges. We're going to go from conspiracy to commit mail fraud to money laundering. Which seems like a really big leap to me, but um, as I'm going to say multiple times throughout this segment, I'm not a lawyer. Um, you, know, you know, obviously, and I do want to say this, obviously um, the prosecutor had more than enough evidence to show money laundering. Otherwise, um, that would not have been a thing that happened. So, um, just because I don't know how, doesn't mean I don't understand that this is something that can be easily proven. 
So, all right. Um, so she, she and her husband Massimo pled not guilty. Seems kind of foolish to me, but you know, again, what do I know? So now there's now she's going around saying that she felt manipulated. Here, this is what the source. Um, here's what the source says. Lori and her husband claim they were under the impression that they might be ma- breaking rules, but not laws. They feel they were manipulated by those involved in our planning that as part of their defense. It's, it, it's exactly what I said to you at the beginning. Oh my god, we didn't know we were breaking the law. Here's here's something I have learned. Um, and I learned this from um, a trial that I had to go through. And basically, it's this. The judge, in, in my case, um, I pled ignorance saying that I didn't know um, that... Um, letting someone, letting an unlicensed driver drive my car was um, a misdemeanor. And the judge told me, I believe that you, I believe that you didn't know that it was a, a big deal, that you didn't know it was crime, but ignorance is not a defense. And here's the thing. Lori Lachlan and her husband are smart people. They knew what they were doing was wrong. Period. Now, I'm not saying that rich people haven't been doing this. And I'm not saying, you know, oh, I believe Trump got into Wharton without his father greasing the wheels a little bit. But the difference between... This scandal and the others, it's basically you got caught. And that's the biggest difference. No one's saying that the other people aren't committing crimes. What they are saying is those other people didn't fucking get caught. And if you're if you're admitting to knowing that you're breaking the rules. Guess what? You're admitting to breaking the law. That's how that works. You know, um, I've talked about my ex, my abusive ex on, on the show before. And he, he actually tried kind of the same defense. Oh, well, yeah, I hit him, but I didn't know that that was a bad thing. I didn't know that that was a crime. You know, he manipulated me into it. Yeah, and, and those are actually his words, by the way. He, mani- he manipulated me into it. And you know what the judge said? If he manipulated you into it, then you have an anger problem. And that's... Again, I'm probably not going to be the exact same words to Lori Lachlan and her husband. But I, I don't see how a, a, a defense of ignorance is going to... 
punch a hole in the case against them. I don't see how it's going to um, stop a guilty verdict from coming back. Um, this is all very, um, it's all very much going to blow up in their face. And them saying that they were manipulated is not going to work. Um, I honestly think that the best thing that they can do right now is hope and pray that they're is another um, plea deal offered to them. Otherwise, they're going to jail for at least 20 years. And I'm going to go, and I'm going to come right back. And I'm back. All right, so... um, I have to talk to you guys about E.L. James. And... Oh, God. Okay. So... Will and I have a running joke. We used to have a friend who was um, allegedly a writer. Uh, And this person let us read something and it just wasn't very good. Now that's, I mean, we all have our bad pieces, right? Um, I'm certainly not proud of every single thing I've ever written and In fact, whenever I have Will read something for me, I let him know that I think it's actually very bad. Um, And most of the time he comes back with, you know, this is not as bad as you said it was. This is what I would do to improve it. This is how I think you can X, Y, Z. And I always appreciate the help because um, I, I value what he says and... I don't want to put crap out there. I want um, my work to be known as being good. Edel James does not have that problem. Um, Fifty Shades of Grey was... I don't want to say universally universally panned. Um, but it, it's probably... The clo- it was the closest until her new book, The Mister. I've read four reviews of The Mister so far. And the kindest thing that anyone has said about it is that it's a book. <laughs> um, <coughs> um, and that's really just sad, I think. And excuse me, I did not mean to call for that long. That that kind of took me by surprise. Um, anyways. So yeah, so... So this is being universally panned. Um, and... A lot of it... A lot of the criticism is centered around E.L. James's writing. Um, with a lot of people pointing out... That it's not Fifty Shades. Not that Fifty Shades is a good representation of the type of re- relationship that it, it's setting out to make some sort of commentary on, but nonetheless. So, I, I started really thinking about 
you know, I, like my own writing style. Um, I don't offer great details about my characters um, in terms of physicality because I've always preferred for, like in books I've read, you know, give me basic drawing, but let me imagine what these people look like. Um, in Crazy Rich Homos, I did that. Um, and it really seems to work fairly well. Um, in the short film I wrote that Will and I will be filming in a couple weeks called, um, tentatively titled The View, but of course it's, that's it's going to change. Um, I don't offer any character descriptions at all. Um, mostly because Will and I will be playing the characters. <laughs> but then I, like, I started thinking about it, like, even in the romance, like, the Harlequin romances, there's not a lot of character description, like, physical character description. Um, everything is based around the personality. And that's really how I think it should be, to be honest. Like, you should be able to set yourself as the narrator or the main character. And maybe someone's going to tell me, hey, like, this is your fatal flaw in, in, in writing. You know, you need to describe your characters better. Or you need to offer more details about them. And if that's it, fine. Like, I will accept that. And I may not accept the advice, I may not even listen to it, but I'll, you know, I'll acknowledge it, but E.L. James doesn't even acknowledge that she's not a good writer, that she basically turned a piece of fan fiction into an, an, an empire, a um, hundred million dollar or more empire, and yes, I I will speak for most every writer, when I say, we are jealous, and we wish we could do the same thing, but we also want our work to be held to a higher standard. And, you know, that's the whole thing. Like, I take pride in my work. I take pride in my hooks and in my plots. Um, if, you know, if... If not describing characters is a flaw, then yes, I, I will admit that I have a flawed style. But I'm okay with that because I'm willing to work and learn. Um, the, the mutual former friend of Will and I's did not want to learn. Um, she did not want to, or they did not want to um, move forward and, and, and figure everything out. Um, and that's just, that's just sad. I'm going to go and I'm going to be right back. And I'm back. So, all right, guys. Wendy Williams' divorce is the divorce of the year. I know it's only April, but there is no fucking way, no fucking way that any divorce is going to top this mess. I promise you, like, oh my god. You know, 
it really sounds like, oh, I'm making things up or, oh, like, whatever. But no, I'm telling you, this is good. And first of all, I'm standing by my theory that Wendy Williams is behind a lot of this. I love Wendy as much as the next person. I really do. Um, I think she's um, fantastic. I think she is good at her job. Even if I'm not her biggest fan um, career-wise, I still respect her. Like, I still really think she knows what she's doing. Um, and there's nobody who knows how to play the celebrity fame game the way that she does. Um, and I don't need to kiss anyone's ass. Um, what, are, what is someone going to do? Come, in, come on my show and fire me? Will is my producer and he can't even fire me. Oh, don't, don't tell him I said that. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but seriously, like... Um, yeah, there, there's no one who's going to come in and fire me. Even if Anchor ever decided not to continue broadcasting drunk gossip, I would just move it to another platform. So, Spotify, if you're listening. <laughs> Anyways. Um, Kevin has tried to paint himself as the remorseful husband who knows he screwed up. He, you know, he was saying things like, I understand why she's upset and, like, I'm not proud of all my actions. Um, and apparently he actually did admit that his mistress gave birth to his love child. So there's that. I mean, at least he's owning that part. But here's where it's starting to get really, really juicy. Wendy Williams um, and the distributor of the Wendy Williams show have started the process of um, getting rid of him. They're negotiating his exit as we speak. Which, okay, people are like, oh, whatever, we don't care. This is big because this means she's actually ridding herself of this man instead of just divorcing him and um, still having to see him every day. She's also working on untangling him from the production company. Um, A lot of people are saying that she's just going to buy him out. Again, I don't think that that's necessarily true, but um, it, it very well could be. Um, but so all of this is big and juicy and explosive on its own. Um, Wendy Williams fi- basically firing her husband is is the revenge and the karma that we all have been waiting for. You know. For so long, she's such a long-suffering wife, and we, and she just, I know I keep stumbling and, and eating and earning and whatever, but it's because there's so much information tonight about Wendy Williams. So, she also let a source leak out that she figured out, um, she and Kevin have been married for like 22 years. 
And she finally admitted that he's been cheating on her for 15 or 16 of those years. I mean, again, nothing comes out about Wendy Williams that Wendy Williams doesn't want to come out. I know people think that I, I just say that or whatever. But no, like she's one of those really tough ladies who you don't talk about unless she wants you to talk. So I think that's really important to keep in mind. But for the last bombshell, are you ready for this? I was not ready for this. I swear. Um, when I when I saw this segment, I or when I saw the story, I knew I had to build the whole segment. And, and really, I should have just done a whole Wendy Williams episode, but. I think y'all like this better. Anyways. There is a man by the name of Avon Falstar who is alleging Kevin Hunt, Wendy Williams' soon-to-be ex-husband, was his lover. That's not actually an accurate way of describing the relationship according to this man. Instead, he, he doesn't call himself a lover. He calls himself a boy toy, a sex slave. Says that Kevin Hunt sexually abused him. What? <laughs> there are literally no words. I, I, you know, there are some people in the gossip community who've already started piecing everything together, saying, um, you know, Wendy knew that these allegations were about to hit, so she ended the marriage before they came out in an effort to make herself um, less liable. Because um, Falstar is seeking to sue Kevin Hunt. And if they were, if Wendy and Kevin were still married, um, they could go after her assets. But since they're in the middle of a divorce and the lawsuit hasn't been filed yet, um, Wendy is the the thought is that Wendy is completely separating herself from this whole mess and protecting her fortune. Now, does this mean that she's going to take him back? It, uh, probably not. Here's why. Wendy Williams is very, very concerned about her public image, which is why she stayed with him for so long. Because, you know, she, she had presented this image of a great couple, um, an image that of um, a great marriage, that, you know, they worked through hard times together, and now she's starting to project the image of scorned wife. So what I think actually happened, not that anyone asked me, but I'm going to tell you anyways, because this is my damn show. <laughs> um, what I think happened is 
she used the argument that she could protect the fortune if they were divorced or legally separated. And then when he wants to reconcile after this lawsuit is done, she's going to be like, hmm, motherfucker, you cheated on me. Bye, bitch. Boom. It's a, and granted, that, that scenario is very soap opera-ish um, and very twisted. But what about this situation isn't? So there's that. Um, we're going to obviously keep following the story. It's so big and juicy. And, you know, I really do feel bad for Wendy Williams. Like, being in the biggest tabloid divorce since Brangelina is probably not something she ever wanted or sought. But, girl, this is the stuff of urban fiction. I'm not even going to lie. Anyways, that's going to do it for me tonight. As always, thank you guys so much for listening. And until next time, cheers.